This is episode 529 of the AWS podcast, released on June 12, 2022. Amazon Remars, the global event for machine learning, automation, robotics, and space. Go to remars.amazonevents.com and get your full conference pass and join us in Las Vegas on June 21st to 24th, 2022. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Sam Lish here with you. Great to have you back. And I'm joined by Han Win Longren. G'day, Han. How are you doing? Fantastic. How are you, Simon? I am good. I'm glad we reconnected for this update show. It promises to be a cool one. It's going to be epic. Uh, if, if, uh, if you're interested in SAP and data migration, I will call out that at the end of the show, there will be a listener question and expert answer as well. So that's a bit of a, a teaser for later on. Um, to keep on listening if you're interested in that topic. But let's start with some of our updates. Let's start with the topic of the AWS Marketplace. AWS Marketplace has introduced free trials for software as a service contracts or SaaS contracts. So you can try them before you buy them. Uh, Before you had to commit to a contract, before trying the uh, product or go to a third-party website to do a free trial, all that stuff you really don't have to muck around with. Now you can discover SaaS contract products that offer free trials, review the usage terms and trial duration, and start it with just a few clicks. Makes it super easy, no upfront payment, evaluate, no commitment. Let's move on to the topic of analytics. Amazon EMR serverless is now generally available. So this makes it easy and cost-effective for data engineers and analysts to run petabyte-scale data analytics in the cloud. And I'm serious when I say petabyte. Uh, And you can run large-scale distributed data processing jobs, interactive SQL queries, and machine learning applications built on open-source analytics frameworks like Apache Spark. Apache Hive and Presto. And with EMR serverless, you can run your Spark and Hive applications without having to configure, optimize, tune, or manage clusters. It gives you fine-grained automatic scaling, which provisions and quickly scales to compute the memory resources required by your application. For example, if a Spark job needs two executors for the first five minutes, 10 for the next 10 minutes, and five for the last 20 minutes, EMR serverless automatically provides the resources as needed, and you pay only for the resources used, which is wonderful. We're also pleased to announce metered billing for AWS Data Exchange for APIs. So this allows you to license your APIs to subscribers on a pay-as-you-go basis. Now, AWS Data Exchange for APIs lets customers find, subscribe to, and use third-party API products listed on the AWS Data Exchange. And this new feature lets data subscribers subscribe to APIs and only pay for what they use. So again, it's something that's really useful in terms of metering by the number of requests, the number of successful requests, bytes transferred, or other, other custom dimensions such as units of compute. You have the flexibility to create the offers that are billed either on a contract basis, on a metered basis, or even a combination of the two. And last update in this topic, we're thrilled to announce the Athena Connector for Amazon Lookout for Metrics. So this allows you to query data from various data sources such as Data Lake on AWS, Amazon S3, and Amazon Redshift to ingest into Amazon Lookout for metrics for anomaly detection. Now, the Athena connector reduces the need to set up any ETL jobs or data preparation. You can query really large data sets using standard SQL, my personal favorite analytics tool, and you can analyze it before ingesting it into an anomaly detector. The Athena connector supports data formatted in CSV, JSON, ORC, Parquet, XML, Plaintext, and Avro. And now on the topic of application integration. 
AWS Step Function launches an interactive workshop for building and deploying application workflows. This is a new self-service workshop called the AWS Step Function Workshop. This is a self-paced tutorial that teaches you to use primary features of Step Functions through a series of interactive modules. Each module contains lessons and materials that you can deploy to your AWS account covering topics such as coordinating and orchestrating application workflows, managing workflow states, creating SDK integrations with other AWS services, and more. AWS Step Function is a low-code visual workflow service you can use to connect over 220 AWS services and 10,000 API actions. Developers use Step Functions to build distributed applications, automate IT and business process, and create data and machine learning pipelines. With this launch, you can now get hands-on experience building resilient workflows with robust error handling such as Step Functions in a workshop environment, which I can definitely use that. <laughs> the workshop is a self-paced, uh, self-service, which you can progress with your own pace. Um, so, you know, basically take your time on uh, how you want to work in each module upon the knowledge gained from the previous module. However, the modules are technically independent so that participants can pick up their lessons and choose other um, uh, to learn in any order. Besides teaching you how to build step function workflows, the workshop also shows you how to deploy them using the AWS Cloud Deployment Development uh, CD, uh, Kit, which is Amazon CDK, a framework that enables you to build applications in the uh, cloud with the power of a programming language. AWS AppSync simplifies GraphQL API development with expanded GraphQL utility helper library. This makes it easy to create and manage GraphQL and real-time APIs, allowing developers to securely access, manipulate, and combine data from one or more data sources via a single API. With GraphQL, special functions called resolvers are used to implement business logic, linking, or resolving types, fields, or operations defined in GraphQL schemas with uh, the data in a data source such as Amazon DynamoDB, Amazon Lambda, uh, HTTP uh, APIs, and more. Really excited about this one. This is going to make my life a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. Now to the topic of business application. Amazon Chime SDK now supports centralized attendees controls. This allows developers to centrally control each participant's ability to send and receive audio, video, and screen share with a WebRTC session. Amazon Chime SDK allows developers to add intelligence, real-time audio, video, and screen share to their web and mobile app, which is super cool. Enforcement of the uh, attendee's capability is centralized with the WebRTC session so that developers do not have to uh, rely on the logic with the client applications, which may be outdated on older versions. Moving on to the topic of compute, one of my favorite topics is, of course, price reductions. And there are price reductions on Amazon EC2 instances running SUSE Linux Enterprise Server SLES OS. So you can get some reductions in price depending on where you're running and what you're running. Details in the show notes. Amazon S3 on Outpost now supports AWS Private Link for management of buckets and access points. So this allows you to simplify your internal network architecture and perform management operations on your S3 storage by using private IP addresses in your VPC, which means you don't have to use any public IPs or proxy servers. Speaking of AWS Outposts, Amazon EC2 dedicated hosts are now available on AWS Outposts. So this allows you to bring your existing software licenses and workloads that require a dedicated physical server to your Outpost rack. In addition, customers now have greater flexibility in instance type deployment and more granular placement control, all with a consistent hybrid experience on AWS Outposts. 
Amazon ECS has simplified capacity provider integration with autoscaling groups. And this allows you to dynamically manage the scaling of your EC2 autoscaling groups on your behalf so that you can focus on running your containers. Capacity providers is the compute interface that links your Amazon ECS cluster with your autoscaling group. And with capacity providers, you can define flexible rules for how containerized workloads run on different types of compute capacity and manage the scaling of the capacity. So this is all about making it easier and better to run. And Amazon Genomics CLI version 1.5 has added support for the Common Workflow Language, or CWL, with Toil. Now, this is the Toil Workflow Engine. In addition to CWL, the Amazon Genomics CLI supports workflows written with the Workflow Definition Language, WDL, Nextflow, and Snakemake, enabling customers to run a wide variety of genomics data analyses like joint calling of genome variants and single-cell RNA sequences. Now, I know a lot of our listeners use or do a lot of genomics work and I commend all that work that you're doing because it is very, very important work and I love seeing genomics and life science customers doing good stuff with AWS. Now, customer engagement. Amazon Connect launches an API to programmatically transfer tasks to things like another flow to an agent queue or to shared queues for distribution to available agents. Amazon Connect Task empowers Connect Center managers to prioritize, assign, track, and automate customer service tasks across disparate applications used by agents. And this is going to be very helpful and very flexible. By using this API, contact center managers can now directly transfer tasks from custom analytics dashboard for time re- resolution. You can uh, already dynamically prioritize assigned tasks using Connect flows based on agent skills, availability, and information about the task, such as priority, urgency, and category. Amazon Connect now supports custom templates for agent tasks. This makes it easier for agents to capture the right information and create complete tasks. Amazon Connect Task empowers you to prioritize, assign, and track all contact center agents' tasks to completion. This improves agent productivity and ensures customer issues are resolved quickly. You can easily compose templates from a variety of scenarios such as investigation billing issues or new insurance claims. This allows agents to choose a template that best suits the situation. For example, when handling a billing inquiry, a task template can pre-populate data and guide agents to gather additional information that is needed to quickly resolve the issue. Task templates are supported out of the box without the need of manual configuration for the Amazon Connect agent application. Amazon Connect now allows you to start uh, with high volume outbound communication public preview with just a few clicks. This enables you to begin testing this feature. On the Amazon Connect navigation panel, choose the telephony page, check the checkbox to enable high volume outbound communication, then choose save. In a few minutes, you'll be ready to use this feature. You can use high volume outbound communication for calls, texts, email, and to contact hundreds and millions of customers daily for communications like upcoming delivery notifications, marketing promotions, appointment reminders, which I definitely need, and debt uh, collections, which I hope I never get called on, without having to integrate third-party tools. An optional integrated list of management capability provided by Amazon Pinpoint can also be used to build customer journeys and multi-channel user experience. This feature is available out of the box and can be enabled within the AWS Connect console. Amazon Pinpoint launches Journey custom channel input and response support. This will allow you to perform yes or no multivariate split based on the response, kind of like choose your own destiny, but more. 
Journeys in Amazon Pinpoint were designed for customers who want to send targeted communications that drive high-value customer actions. Journeys can include custom channel activities, which can be used to send messages through channels that Amazon Pinpoint does not support natively, such as WhatsApp and Signal. Fantastic. Really interesting. Moving on to the topic of database. NoSQL Workbench for Amazon DynamoDB has added support for create table, update table, and delete table operations. Now, if you've not used this application, it's a client-side application to help visualize and build scalable, high-performance data models, and I am a fan. Starting today, NoSQL Workbench adds support for table and global secondary index, or GSI, control plane operations, such as create table, update table, and delete table. So now you can build all the things. And Amazon RDS has added support for publishing events to encrypted Amazon SNS topics. So these are topics that have server-side encryption enabled for additional protection of events that carry sensitive data. Amazon RDS groups events into categories that you could subscribe to so that you can be notified when an event in that category occurs, enabling routing and automation. And when you publish messages to encrypted topics, Amazon SNS immediately encrypts your messages. This is using 256-bit AES GCM algorithm and an encryption key managed by our good friend AWS KMS. And to the topic of developer tools, AWS announces support for Dart Signature V4 for interacting with AWS services. The new Dart Signature v4 client allows developers to securely integrate with all 200 plus AWS services using a signaled HTTP request. This functionality enables Dart developers to make native calls to AWS backends in their Flutter or Dart applications to make changes to the data or configuration of AWS services. Developers can add the Signature v4 client as a dependent to their Flutter or Dart application and use it to interact with AWS services. For example, using the Dart Signature 4 before client, a developer can interact with the Amazon Simple Storage Service, Amazon S3, using a signed HTTP request to request a new S3 bucket. Developers can then choose to upload the files to S3 and also manage read-write permissions for their files within this bucket. AWS Proton introduces service components that allows developers to complement the standard infrastructure of Proton templates with additional resources for their service. Platform engineers using Proton to define the core infrastructure of their services and keep it consistent and updated. Now, with this component, developers can complement the core infrastructure with additional resources they need to meet the needs of their particular application. Proton components enable platform engineers to expand their use cases they support without having to drastically increase the number of templates that they manage. Now, that's a relief. That's very cool. Very cool. Onto the topic of front-end web and mobile. Quick update here. We're announcing geofence management in Amplified Geo JavaScript powered by Amazon Location Service. So this allows front-end developers to add location-aware features to their web applications Developers looking to display geometric boundaries or geofences on a map can now implement a complete geofence management solution in minutes using the cloud-connected UI widget and APIs from Amplify Geo, powered by Amazon Location Service. Now, geofences are geometric boundaries that can be drawn around places of interest and areas on a map. So this is a nice, handy improvement. Now to my favorite topic, machine learning. SageMaker Jumpstart now supports automatic tuning. The, with this SageMaker automatic model tuning from the pre-trained models, pre-built 
solutions and example notebooks, this actually means that you can automatically tune your machine learning modules to find the hyperparameter values with the highest accuracy within range you provide through the SageMaker API. The SageMaker Jumpstart allows you to fine-tune and deploy a wide variety of pre-trained models across popular ML tasks, as well as selection of end-to-end solution that solves common business problems. This feature removes the heavy lifting from each step of the ML process, making it easier to develop high-quality modules and reduce time to deployment. You can access Jumpstart via APIs in Notebook and UI in SageMaker Studio with just a few clicks, which is pretty nifty in my book. Amazon SageMaker supports incremental training for jumpstart models. This helps you quickly and easily solve your machine learning problems with one-click access to A, more than 300 popular collections of TensorFlow Hub, PyTorch Hub, Hugging Face, and Glucon CV, B, 18 end-to-end solution to solve common business problems such as demand forecasting, fraud detection, document, and understanding. This available module can be used for a wide range of machine learning tasks such as image classification, object detection, semantic segmentation, instant segmentation, embedded images, text classification, sentence pairing classification, question and answering, text embedding, text summarization, and etc. The training of machine learning modules with a large data set can take ages, like which is kind of like watching paint dry. <laughs> Customers can uh, often want to improve the quality of previous trained models with additional trained data when it becomes available. Training the models again with both data sets can take even longer. Starting now, you can incrementally train all of your Jumpstart modules with the new data without training from scratch. This significantly shortens the training time to a better uh, model, and incrementally training the capability is available through SageMaker Jumpstart inside SageMaker Studio, as well as through Python code using SageMaker Python SDK. Amazon Kendra releases GitHub SaaS Connector. Now, Amazon Kendra is an intelligent search service provided by machine learning. This enables organizations to provide relevant information to customers and employees as needed. So starting now, you can use Amazon Kindred GitHub SaaS connector to index and search documents from GitHub Enterprise Cloud data source. Many organizations use GitHub as hosting platform for code, versioning, and refine their collaborations of open source software projects. And it includes, you know, a money type such as, you know, the repository containing files, issues, issue, issue comments, uh, attachments, and pull requests, etc. This data is scattered through multiple locations, content repositories, such as for public, private, and internals within organizations. So organizations can now use GitHub SAS Connector to index these documents and provide search results and answers to their users with a project using uh, Amazon Kendra Intelligent Search. And if you are using GitHub on-premises, there is a connector for that as well. Amazon Transcribe now supports automatic language identification for multilingual audio. Amazon Transcribe is an automatic speech recognition ASR service that makes it easy for you to add speech-to-text capability to your applications. We are excited to announce automatic language identification for multi-language audio in batch mode. So if your audio recording contains more than one language, you can enable multi-language identification, which identifies all language spoken in audio file and creates transcript for each language identified, which is mind-blowing. 
This means that if speakers change language in mid-conversation, or each of the participants is speaking in different languages, your transcription output detects the transcribe each language correctly. This will be fun for, to test out on That'd my multilingual. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of switching to Klingon halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh, they take that and uh, go through my family outing, which are multilingual. That's always fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So until now, a transcribe will detect the dominant language in the audio recording and generates the transcribe in the identified language. Could be Klingon. You can now simply uh, provide the audio files and transcribe and it will detect the language from the speech signal uh, transcriptions in the identified language. That's very, very cool. Moving on to the topic of management and governance. Shared account customization is now available for AWS Control Tower Factory for Terraform. Now, this allows you to manage and customize your shared and management accounts with the Account Factory for Terraform. You can now centralize your account customization management and increase governance coverage for your AWS Control Tower environment while still protecting the security of your account configurations. So this makes it much, much easier to get up and running with all the nice IAM permission boundaries, I should say, that you want to have. Single account enrollment and update is now available in AWS Control Tower as well. So now you can do it in one single click. You can update your landing zone, remediate account drift, or enroll an account in a registered organizational unit in a few streamlined steps. Amazon Lookout for metrics enables anomaly detection on your historical CloudWatch data. Now, this is something called backesting, and it's uh, harder to say than you think. Now, backesting is a new anomaly detection mode you can now select when setting up your detector. You can seamlessly connect to your data in CloudWatch and set up a highly accurate anomaly detector across metrics, dimensions, and namespaces of your choice. And what this lets you do is go back in time rather than just looking forward. So you can detect anomalies in the past, which is really, really useful. Amazon CloudWatch has added Elemental Media Tailor to vended logs pricing, so you can get access to that and get it at a volume pricing discount. You can now access the AWS Repost community from the AWS Well Architected tool. Now, if you need a reminder, AWS Repost is a community-driven questions and answers service designed to help AWS customers remove technical roadblocks, accelerate innovation, and enhance operation. And there are 40-plus topics, including a community specific to AWS Well Architected. So now you can just jump straight in via the Ask an Expert option in the tool and ask an expert. AWS Systems Manager has announced support for port forwarding to remote hosts using Session Manager. So this is really useful because AWS Systems Manager is the operations hub for AWS applications and resources, and it gives you secure end-to-end management for hybrid cloud environments. Session Manager, which is a capability of Systems Manager, gives you secure access to managed instances in your cloud, on-premises, or edge devices without the need to open inbound ports or manage secure shell keys or SSH keys or use Bastion hosts. All of these are good. <laughs> you don't have to do these. Now, port forwarding uh, allows you to tunnel communication between a client machine and a systems manager managed instance. And you can now support connections from a client machine to ports on remote hosts. And you can use a managed instance as a jump host if you need to, to securely connect to an application port on remote servers like databases and web servers without exposing these services to outside networks. Up next, we have migration and transfer. AWS DataSync adds supports for Amazon EFS security features. Now, AWS DataSync is an online data movement service that simplifies, automates, and accelerates moving data between on-premises, edge, or cloud storage, and AWS storage services. Amazon EFS is a serverless, 
fully elastic file system that makes it easy to set up, scale, and cost-optimize file storage in AWS Cloud. With this launch, DataSync can now access your file system using EFS Access Point, enabling you to copy data from specific datasets. You can configure DataSync to connect to your EFS system using TLS encryption, giving you greater protection for your in-flight data when copying from and to EFS. Additionally, you can configure DataSync with AIM roles for use of your EFS file system policies, giving you greater control on how DataSync access your file system. As a fully managed service, DataSync makes it easy to move millions of files and petabytes of data, which is mind-blowing, from AWS storage services, including Amazon EFS. It uses purpose-built network protocol, scaled-out architecture to accelerate data movement and provides built-in security capabilities, such as encryption of uh, data in transit at rest, along with end-to-end integration verification, data verification, which is a must-have. Onto the topic of networking and content delivery, Amazon Route 53 announces IP-based routing for DNS queries. Now, Route 53 provides customers with multiple routing options, such as geolocation routing, geoproximity routing, latency-based routing, and weighted routing to route their end users to optimal endpoints. With the addition of IP-based routing, customers are now additionally empowered to fine-tune their DNS routing approach based upon the CIDR block of the query originating IP address belongs to, which means you can leverage knowledge of your end user base to optimize performance or network transit costs. So this is really useful for routing and users within a a particular ISP network, for example, to specific CDNs, lots of other reasons you'd want to do this, so worth diving deep into it. We're also happy to announce AWS Private Link support for AWS Panorama. So this means that you can access AWS Panorama from your VPC without using public endpoints and without any data having to traverse the internet. So AWS Panorama is a collection of machine learning devices and software development kit that brings computer vision to on-premises IP cameras, which are very, very cool. And this means you can use compute power at the edge without streaming video to the cloud to improve the operations and automation of things like visual inspection tasks, supply chain uh, logistics, traffic management, a whole bunch of interesting use cases. And now with AWS Private Link, you have a private and encrypted connectivity between customer VPC and this particular service without requiring your traffic to ever leave the Amazon network. Now to a fascinating topic, quantum technologies. Amazon Bracket adds supports for Borealis, the first publicly accessible quantum computer that is claimed to offer quantum advantage. Now, this is not to be confused with the natural phenomena with the Northern Lights. No. Are you saying Aurora Borealis, right here locally? Yes. In this room. (laughs) It it is one of my bucket lists, but this is a different bucket list. So uh, the Borealis is a new phototomic Quantum Processing Unit, QPU, for Xanadu. Great. Now I have that song in my head again. (laughs) That'll be with you all day. (laughs) Now that we're here, the Borealis device is the first publicly available quantum computer that is claimed to have achieved quantum advantage. The technical milestone when a quantum computer outperforms the world's fastest computer on a well-defined task. Now, I'm just finding this hard to believe, but it is happening. According to a peer-reviewed study published by the Journal of Nature, until now, none of the devices that have been claimed to demonstrate quantum advantage have been accessible to public. But for the first time, customers can test a quantum advantage claim for themselves on Amazon Bracket while also exploring potential application for this technology. 
That's pretty amazing. I think I think we need to get our hands on that one and, uh, and test it out ourselves. What do you think? I think so. <laughs> on to the topic of security, identity, and compliance. Adibus IAM now supports WebAuthN and Safari browser for multi-factor authentication with security keys. Now, this is useful because the WebAuthN standard is one for strong and phishing-resistant authentication across all supported browsers. It's part of the FIDO2 set of specifications that succeeded FIDO UTF API. So this is important for security in all the things. And Amazon Cognito improves risk evaluation for advanced security features. Amazon Cognito now enables application developers to propagate IP addresses as part of the caller context data in unauthenticated calls to Amazon Cognito. When Amazon Cognito's advanced security features, or ASF, are enabled, this feature improves risk calculation and resulting authentication decisions performed in flows like sign-up, account confirmation, and password change. So before this took place, you couldn't get the IP address in the unauthenticated calls because they're behind a proxy. Now you can actually figure it out much more easily. It gives you visibility into the client's IP address and you can use it with other security applications to better understand the risk of a particular user activity. Now to the topic of storage. Amazon EBS now supports elastic volumes and fast snapshot restore FSR for IO2 Block Express. This is with no downtime or performance impact, which is mind-blowing, in the same matter of EBS volumes. Additionally, you can create fully initialized IO2 block express volume from a fast snapshot restore, FSR enables snapshots. Volumes that are created from FSR enabled snapshots instantly deliver their provision performance. These features are added capabilities of the highest performance EBS volume types, IO2 block express. AWS Elastic Disaster Recovery now supports multiple stage and target accounts. You can replicate and protect up to 300 source servers per AWS region by using multiple staging and target accounts. You can also use and recover up to 3,000 replicating source servers into any target AWS account. This feature makes disaster recovery setup and implementation and monitoring easier and more efficient, especially for large-scale projects. You can now update the storage and IOPS capacity in your Amazon FSx4 OpenZFS file systems. You can do that with just a simple click of a button, making it easier for you to adapt your evolving storage and performance needs. Amazon FSx4 OpenZFS provides fully managed, cost-effective, shared file storage powered by the popular OpenZFS file system. AWS Backup adds AWS Private Link support for VMware workloads. This provides you direct access to AWS backup from your VMware environment via a private endpoint within your virtual private network in a scalable manner. With this launch, you can now secure your network architecture by connecting to AWS backup using a private IP address in your Amazon Virtual Private Cloud, or VPC. This eliminates the need to use a public IP, firewall rules, or internet gateway. AWS Private Link is available at a low per gig charge for data process and an hourly charge for interface of VPC endpoints. AWS Storage Gateway hardware appliance now available for purchase through resellers. AWS Storage Gateway is expanding the way you can purchase the AWS Storage Gateway hardware appliance and for the first time enabling resellers to offer the appliance. Now you can procure the hardware appliance through a reseller of your choice and leverage your existing purchasing agreement. AWS Storage Gateway is a hybrid storage service that provides on-premises application access to virtually unlimited storage in the cloud. You can use AWS Storage Gateway for backup, 
archiving data to AWS, providing on-premises file shares backed up by the cloud storage, and provide on-premises application low latency access to data in the cloud. Some great updates there and some great new options. And uh, we also wanted to share, as I teased at the start of the show, uh, a question from a listener. Now, remember, uh, there is a link in the show notes. You can always uh, provide uh, audio feedback and questions that we uh, will always seek to answer and respond to. And this one is about SAP migration. So I'm going to pass it over to our listener who will actually introduce himself and also Raju, one of our amazing solution architects who will provide the answer. Good morning. My name is Eve Augustine. And here is my question. How AWS migrates client data to SAP S4 HANA? What are the steps the data takes to reach that target? Do you have a diagram or any documentation that describes that data migration process? Thank you. Hi, my name is Rajun Alabutla and I am a Domain Solutions Architect for SAP at AWS. The question here was, how do you migrate client data to AWS Cloud in an SAP migration? Well, there are many ways you can migrate client data, depending on some of the key characteristics of the migration. And what are these key characteristics? These are things like how different is your target environment compared to your source environment. For example, is there a change in SAP software version or the underlying operating system or database? And how large are these databases that needs to be migrated? And also, if you choose to migrate data over a network, what is my usable speed on the network connection to AWS? So once you have an understanding of these key characteristics, we could look at different methodologies, tools, and accelerators that are available on AWS. Now, just to give you an idea of what AWS brings to the table in terms of cloud-native capabilities, I will call out few examples for you. At a high level, let's consider two scenarios, one where you could transfer data over a network and the other where you can't. So in the case of an established network connectivity, to AWS. Again, we could split this scenario into two types, a homogeneous migration or a heterogeneous migration. A homogeneous migration is where uh, your target environment is similar to your source environment. Now, in this case, you could use something called AWS application migration service. This migration method is based on cloud and technology which involves a storage application at block level from your on-premises environment to AWS Cloud. Now, if it's a heterogeneous migration and you're using SAP tools like SUM, then we could complement and accelerate your SAP migration using capabilities like AWS S3 multi-part upload. So this enables you to do a faster data upload to AWS. And we can also use capabilities like AWS Data Sync, where uh, you simply mount an NFS or SMB share into your on-premises environment directly and make the end-to-end data transfer, encryption, data integrity checks, all seamless. And this can happen at reduced cost because Data Sync is a fully managed uh, service 
that seamlessly scales and you could easily manage data movement with features like bandwidth throttling, scheduling, and task filtering, etc. Now, these are a few examples only. In addition to what I mentioned so far, there are a number of partner-specific tools for migration, like SNP T-Bone, for example, or you could also use SAP SLO, or even use HSR, uh, HANA system replication, for your on-premises to cloud if you are running your SAP on a HANA database. So uh, that's the scenario one briefly where you have a, a network connectivity to AWS. Now consider a second scenario where if you have poor network connectivity or no connectivity at all, or if you have lots of data and it doesn't make sense for you to transfer this data over network, then AWS has something called AWS No Devices. These are purpose-built devices to cost-effectively move even petabytes of uh, data offline. So you could simply lease these no devices to move your data to AWS Cloud. Now, what I have outlined so far are some of the options available on AWS for SAP migration. And there are many other ways in which uh, you could innovate and accelerate your SAP migration journey with AWS. For example, using Launch Wizard for SAP, um, where you can accelerate your SAP system provisioning process on AWS with a HA cluster configured within hours. So I recommend you to refer to SAP on AWS documentation for more details, and please reach out to your local AWS team or simply Google SAP migration tools and methodologies on AWS. Thank you. So there you go. That's how it works. Uh, Han, great to have you on the show again today. How do people reach out to connect with you? Yeah, you can reach out to me via Twitter. Uh, it's Han Solo, H-A-W-N-S-O-L-O underscore one. Sounds like an easy way to do it. And of course, you do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at Amazon.com is the old school way to do it. And of course, until next time, keep on building.